You're oh. here. Yes. For part two of our conversation on friendship. What to do, what not to do, how to do it, what we did, what we did well, what we did not so well. BFFs, frenemies. Yep. And we use some swears. So Lots of swears. Don't listen to this if you're in your car with your kids or anybody who gets offended by swears. Like your grandma. Okay. Your grandma doesn't get offended by swears. Does she not? She just pretends. She's just, oh, that's good to know. Thanks for listening. I feel might might have that in them. It's the history that keeps us. Yeah, I get that. I think that's fair. But I not. it's not like I'm foxing them. Yeah, yeah. That's different. I mean, okay, all so much of what we've touched on is also the expectation and acknowledgement of having different levels of intimacy with different people at different times yeah. even. It's not supposed to like be all the same all the time for everyone or – you know, it's not like um, our kids are like, you know how little kids are like, okay, these are my four top four best friends. Number one. <laughs> and they like go through and they like number people. I love they it. They should yeah. be like, number one is my best, is my very bestie. And then number two, and then number three, number four. Um, I mean, I guess adults kind of do that too. But I think it's so helpful to think of how relationships, friendships can shift through seasons, through times, periods, through stages of life. And they can shift in intimacy where you can have times where you're feeling you feel really connected and close to that person and then maybe you're you're a little more distant from them but they're still your friend yeah. that's okay too i think i grew up with this weird miss no miss number that's not what i want wrong notion i think it must have been from movies i don't even know tv shows but in the 80s they were making many movies about good friendships but, but that like everything was supposed to be even steven all the time and you're supposed to like have like your one best friend and that's like all you, who you mm. want to be with and then you're together like for the blossom. rest of your lives and you like die at the same time and you're buried next to each other i mean Whoa. evan's agreeing i mean i feel like that was the message that was promoted more so than like oh friendships wane come and go ups and downs gotta mm. fight for them okay when we're talking about how do you even make friends in your 20s 30s 40s i think that people should really not be afraid to date friends mm. I think if you yeah, are like, good. you know what? I think that this person, okay, there was a girl, I'll, she was she's a woman, but more like a girl cuz she's pretty pretty much younger than me. I met her at a startup event in town and we like instantly connected, which is really hard for me. I am not an instant connect with people like hardly ever. Also because of my introversion in that kind of setting, in like a setting full of strangers in like a loud place and like at a bar, that is my nightmare in fact. So the fact that I like, I instantly connected with this person, we were laughing, we were cracking jokes, but we were also just like connecting, talking about good things and I took a risk. I think that making friends yeah. means taking a risk. And I was like, okay, I'm going to ask her if she wants to like go get lunch, Yeah, which is... I mean, maybe that sounds really simple, but for me, that was a really big deal. And so we scheduled a lunch. She was like, absolutely. And our lunch was the worst. Wow. It was such a fizzle. Maybe there was you no drunk. chemistry. Well, I wasn't drunk that I'm the kidding. first time, but I don't know what it was, but she was different and I was different and and it was fine, but it was not great. And both of us kind of knew it. And we were like, oh, it's okay. And we didn't pursue it. It was fine. When I still run into her, we, you know, smile at each other. It's, it's fine, whatever. It's not awkward. It's not weird. But 
you got to date friends sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. that's like meeting someone at a loud bar and there's an instant attraction. But, like, how much is that instant attraction yeah. going to carry you through? Is that a real thing? Is that is that enough to become a relationship? And it yeah. wasn't in this case. It wasn't enough to be a friendship. And I think that's okay, too. I also think I was thinking through people that I've become friends with. One of my very early on close friendships that I made during that season when I was praying all the time for friends and God said, are you a good friend? Um, I met a woman who, shortly thereafter, who I would have not, I would have never chosen her. I can't say this without sounding like really crappy, but sure, she's just very, very different from what I would have expected a friend to be for me, which that speaks to what my, I thought my expectations were. I was like, I was kind of being a little bougie, right? Like yeah. my friends going to be like this and they're going to be like this and they're going to want to do the same things as me and you know all this. And she was just really outside of that box. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have picked her up out of out of a lineup. Yeah. And she was such a good friend to me for mm-hmm. so many years. And I think I was to her. I mean, she said that I was. Our friendship has really shifted now. We really don't spend much time together or get together much now, but for years And I think that was a challenge to me from the Lord being like, hey, don't just think that you know, because you don't always know. You think you know, but you also have to be able to take risk on people that you wouldn't necessarily expect. And move out of affinity bias, thinking that just because they're like me. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really, really important for me. And Nicole will tell you this. I make friends with everybody. It's so true. Everywhere we go. (laughs) All the time. But it's not real friends. And that's Mm -mm. the thing. So I have a lot of perfunctory. Like everybody's my friend, but not everybody is my friend. Yeah. And not everybody gets me. Yeah. Which is also good. They might get certain parts of me, but, you know, I contain multitudes of people. (laughs) And um, no, but I think that's really important. And I think it's – I'm trying to look up another question. Um, I thought we answered them all. I feel I like we, we magically did. answered what them the all. What the heck? Because we're we so We did mag- magically. But, you know, I – where do I want to go? I asked my daughter if I could share this. And I – because it has to do with being friends, having some of those formative years hurt us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she was talking to me a while ago, and she is in junior high, and she was like, so I feel like I, I just, she, she was getting a little bit more moody than normal. And I'm like, Hey, so what's going on? And, and she's like, I just feel, she hadn't told me this at all. She said, I feel that the situation that happened in like fifth grade where these mm. girls were so mean to her, mm-hmm. so makes me mean, so sad. it changed her. Yeah. And she's like, I was so vulnerable with them. I just wanted to have fun with them. And they just basically told me that I was a piece of poop on the floor to them. And they were so cruel. And I watched some of it and I tried to like fix it with the moms. Yeah. But there was so much more happening that I did not realize was happening in fifth grade. But I also realized going back to the Enneagram that this daughter was very seven forward, Mm -hmm. very seven forward her whole life. And after that, she moved to eight. Yeah, she's like she's, she's more lo- protected, now. so much more protected and yeah. closed. And I, so she was sharing something with me the other day, and she's like, "Did this ever happen to you, mom?" And I'm like, "Well, it's like in junior high, everybody just stopped talking to me." Mm-hmm. 
And they just told me, they called me, I think I shared this on one episode, Nightmare of the Living Dead. Like they were just so mean. She said, why? I said, I don't know. They just said they picked me. It's so She said, has anybody apologized? I said, well, some people have like friended me back. But like on Facebook, they friended me. And I'm like, I don't want to be your friend. You were not a friend. And some of them I allowed in my unhealthier years. Mm -hmm. And then I decided to unfriend them because they were just trolling. Right. And then I said, but there are some girls back then who were so mean and as grown ass adults Mm -hmm. when i i use renee ronica publicly and i don't use my uh last names as much um you know back in my 20s i one of them had one of these biznatches had (laughs) seen my my renee ronica name and saw that my status was single back Mm -hmm. when you had a status yeah and instead of reaching out to me, she reached out to somebody else. What is and happening? Said, I hate is Renee Bahati divorced? So much. I mean, we are grown ass women at this point. Oh, it's so did Renee Bahati get divorced? And my friend's like, no, it gives. Like, wh- why are you, what? And she's like, well, her, her face, you know, and she's like going on and on about the name thing. Yeah. This is it. And I, I said this to my, all three of my children were listening. And I was like, people who do not develop character mm-hmm. when they're young, mm-hmm. very rarely have the opportunity to do so when they're older. Oh, and yeah. I said, as as sad as I am to my daughter who's in junior high, as sad as I am that this happened to you, yeah. I know that it's created in you character because here is what she has done. Mm-hmm. There is a, you know, they go to a school with some eth- multi-ethnicity, but not a whole lot. And I feel like the black population is minimal anyway there is there's a girl who happens to be black and she sits by herself every day at lunch Mm -hmm. and my daughter has taken it upon herself every day to go over there and just invite her over she's like hey you can totally do whatever you want but you are absolutely welcome to come i don't know i don't i would hope yeah that she would have done that but i wonder if because of the experiences that my daughter had mm-hmm. with just those terrible, obnoxious, exclusive, yeah. you know, pick me friends, mm-hmm. if she w- would not have developed that empathy. Yeah. And so I said, I don't wish, you know, none of us as parents wish that that would happen trauma or tragedy on our children. And sometimes we go out of our way to prevent it. Yeah. But I actually think that in insofar that it, they're still safe, it can be healthy. Yeah. And absolutely. I think about and now I'm like, well, my best friend's sister is an eight. I'm and so if my daughter ends up being an eight, I get to nurture in her yeah. the healthiest parts. Because right. I love eight. I yeah. don't think there's anything Thank wrong you. with Thank being you very an eight. Much. I'm just <laughs> saying like the if but allowing her to move into her vulnerability again. Yeah, that's so good. And instead of allowing her defensiveness to go first, yeah, I think is is part of my responsibility as her mom and eventual yeah friend. That's so good. Oh, I just love her, and she loves you. She loves you so much. It's a beautiful and um, so yeah. I think that's good. That's really good. So yeah, that's been weighing on me. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes there's biatches from kindergarten who are still biatches at 45 fucking years old. That's 100% <laughs> true. Listen, the same people, you think that I want to be friends with the same girls that bullied me in, in junior high and high school who said horrible things about me too. It's so interesting that both you and I had stuff like that happen. Like People were awful. Just terrible. Just so terrible. There were r- rumors spread about me at school that were so 
vile. I'm sorry. And also, some of one of them I didn't even hear. I didn't even know about it. It had actually been kept for me for like two full years. And then someone like made a joke about something, something people had said about me. And I was like, what? I mean, just people are, no, I don't want to be friends with any of those And why people. did they do this? I don't know. You know Who I knows? Mean, I mean, I don't I, want to tell any stories like, well, the Lord allowed that so you no, could eventually no, no. come to him. Also, I was I already, I was already I an eight that. by then. So yeah. my Enneagram was already... I actually think I became a four. I think I was probably a one or a three. And I think yeah. that oh, yeah, experience that. Like, moved me mm-hmm. to four. Mm-hmm. 100%. It was so, so difficult. But um, yeah, I think... You know, we still haven't gotten to uh, the stuff that happened with us. Are you avoiding it? No, let's get to it. And then I want to talk. Okay, let's do that. And then I want to talk about, like, maybe it'll be our wrap-up will be, I want to talk about some of the, we talked about some of the red flags, but I want to talk about some of the green flags in good friendships and healthy, what to look for in healthy relationships and how, what that should be like as well. Yeah. But, and then also, you know, we were going to do this episode during the summer, but I was not able to because I had had some really, really hard things before we get to you and me. Things happened last year with some quote unquote friends and I was not in a healthy place mm-hmm. to talk about it because I felt so devastated. Yeah. So it was friends who be, it was after our Trump episode that we dropped. Yep. I think a couple heard that and yep. they like totally discontinued me. Like we had been in relationship and all of a sudden it just severed. Like full ghosting. I think that ghosting yeah. people is one of the most disrespectful, unloving, unkind. Oh, yeah. Like it is, I actually don't even have, there's no part of me that could, I don't think that could ever do that to someone. Uh-uh. Um, it's beyond my capacity it's so to understand. Immature. Like I just, well, even just how knowing, how, knowing how intentionally hurtful that would be to someone, mm-hmm. even if this person was someone I didn't ever want to talk to again, Yeah, I would just say, I can't talk to you and anymore. And send a text I don't want to be in a relationship with you. But yeah. I would just, the leaving people like that. Yeah. Man, it's we, just you know what it shows that you're scared, and I don't know. True. I think fear based decision making. I mean, not I know good. it's from a super unhealthy place. I just but so that happened with two people. One just kind of dropped me. I don't know. Maybe I was too persistent. I don't know what the hell happened. But and I was really really hurt for a long time. Yeah. And then a situation happened in 2022, just very recently, with somebody who I realized every time I was left them. Or what they always made me feel terrible. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. always a criticism, and it all it felt like no matter when I sent a text, when I called, when I was with them, it was going to be a criticism. Yeah. And if this person was engaging with me, it was just to ask about uh, how I could prove myself in life. Ah. Like if they were asking about my business, right. it was just to ask how much we were making, right. not like how's it going. Yeah, I never not, got the how's not it going. actually knowing your heart. Yeah, what none of you that. were going through, how you were doing. Yes, and mm-hmm. I had. To had a confrontation with this person who I actually, I actually had to go to therapy with this person because I felt like that we had to have a mediator in order to yeah. be able to communicate with things not spiraling into an abyss. Yeah. And after that, I realized this person is coming from such a mindset of supremacies and evangelical and just viewing me in a way that they may not even realize yeah. that I see has been a a pattern of just toxicity toxicity Mm -hmm. and after that and I was like I don't have anything to prove to you Mm -hmm. I don't have to text you I don't have to be in relationship with Mm -hmm. you I can still love you because this person happens to like 
you know, go back long, long, long way. And so there's inevitably we're going to go into circles again. And I can be civil and cordial, but I don't have to be intimate. And that is okay. But that experience and recognizing just how it's not, it's not my fault if people break up with me. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it can be, and I can Mm -hmm. own that. Yeah. But those people who ghosted me. Yeah. That, that has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with you. And I think for so long, I, I, I forward, I took it personally. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I think this is a good segue to what happened with us. Yeah. Okay. What happened with us? So I think we were good friends for a long time. We had other friends who kind of went away and we didn't even talk about them and I don't miss them at all. And I, I didn't even enjoy their friendship while we were friends. Yeah. You're talking about the group of friends there were like Four of us yeah, that were part of church. kind of always together. I never felt comfortable. It always felt Whatever. Fake. We just ditched those two. Yeah. They ditched us, you. but that's okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, and I think Nicole and I had always been friends, but I, you know, I definitely like to go deep and I know Nicole does too, but I never could understand if I was allowed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also Nicole had a lot of, uh, uh, hello, pain pain and all of those kinds of things that i don't i not emotional pain although i had that too but physical pain yeah i was in i was physically in a bad place for a few years so i had to learn through my and i'm not going to go into the weeds on this but i had to learn over time how not to take things personally Mm -hmm. in in our friendship but i think where it came to a head was when i felt like i wanted i felt i don't know that it was true but i felt that i wanted the relationship more than you did Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm and then when I said, I I did it in a not a, not a very strategic way. I think it was a <laughs> night where I think there just happened to be a lot of cancellations that happened. Yeah. And I was getting ready to start my doctorate knowing that things were going to get real. And I think what I did is I just said, I'm not going to be able to hang out for a while. Yeah. And that really, in my memory, that really hurt you. Yeah. And that triggered you. And that made me think, well, okay, then she does want to be friends, but I don't. I haven't seen, I've not seen the evidence, but maybe that's what I said yeah, back then. Yeah, that's what you were feeling. That's what I was feeling. It's valid. And so we didn't talk for a while and I sent an email basically, basically listing proofs of like how much I wanted to be your friend. <laughs> and then you you sent me an email back that was, you know, it was pointed and directed <laughs> and just, you know. And then I was like, this is bullshit. It's bullshit. <laughs> and I was like... I'm like not even gonna read that email. I kind of forgot we sent emails. Yeah, because you weren't gonna, you weren't taking my calls at that point because you were like done. Yeah, and you were like, I just need time, and I was like, I can't do this. And now I can. Now I could give people yeah. time. Back then, I couldn't. 2019 was a long ass time ago, people. <laughs> so um, I was a much. It I was, feels like millennia. Yeah, pretty much was. Yeah. So anyway, I picked up the phone and I and you answered, which I was so thankful for because you could have chosen not to. And I said, look, I don't know what I said, but we both were just like, look, look, do we love each other or do we not? Yeah. Are we going to do this or not? Yeah. Are we sticking this out or not? And it was, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what you're feeling. And we were just, and I was like, I, I don't know that you want, I don't actually have any confidence that you want to be my friend. And if you do want me to be my friend, I don't know how to be your friend. Yeah. I don't know what you need. Yeah. That was a shifter. Yeah. yeah. And it just kind of got easier after that. Yeah. I think that we said a bunch of things that um, 
Well, I think that a lot of things came to head in that conversation. I mean, we're telling like the really stripped down, simple version. I think there were years of things. Yeah. Well, I know there were because yeah. we'd been friends and we had been really good friends for years leading up to that. Um, there were things that just I think we'd both wanted to say and or had felt but had not known we'd felt and known we needed to say that all just came out in that conversation. Now, can you remember anything else? Because that's about the that's the extent of my memory. And was my memory accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, I shared stuff with you. I know you, you know, you shared with me that I f- seemed closed off at times, and which is totally valid and fair. And that I, I think this is something you shared, and I've had other friends communicate things similarly that people feel sometimes like I'm just mad at them, mm-hmm. um, which is a little frustrating because I'm like, I if I'm mad at somebody. You know, <laughs> like if you know me, then you know if I'm upset with you, like that. I don't hide that. That's yeah. never, but <laughs> it's totally that's true. That's also rare, though. It's I know, but that's why I think why I've started to realize that people more than one person has had that issue with me because people aren't used to someone just being blunt or just as direct as I am. Um, so if I'm like kind of quiet for a time, people just assume that I'm upset, but that's just because I just am like that. I just Mm -hmm. go, I with, I draw in when I'm tired or if I'm stressed, I go to five. So I go more introverted. I reserve my, I preserve my time and my energy. You hoard it. I hoard it. I do at times. I've gotten better about that, but that is how I respond to stress or pain or fatigue. So then people just assume, oh, Nicole's pissed. Because I also have just that aura <laughs> about me anyway. But I've said, like, if I'm upset, people will know. I don't hide that. Which I think, I hope is, like, freeing for my friends to just be like, mm-hmm. oh, just, like, I know you know now. And so do these other friends I'm referring to. They just know, like, I'm not upset. You, you'll you watch me. I know you'll be like, oh, I know Nicole's not actually upset. Even yeah. if your brain wants to, like, tell you that. If I'm if something's going on, I will always communicate that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you communicated that, and I and asked what I needed, and I said I, I didn't know. And then, what else did we talk about? Everything we I talked about all the things. I, I mean, we just we said all the stuff that we'd wanted to say about, you know, t- the way that we perceived each other at times, the way that we um, ha- are with when when other people are around, mm-hmm. which I think is something that happens a lot in friendships to be aware of, like. We both can kind of shift when other people are around. And we we actually just <gasps> recently had this revelation, you remember? Oh my gosh. This yes. just we just realized this just like in the last six months that when other people are around, you and I, we respond to each other differently. And yeah. we aren't always as loving and kind to each other when other people are around. When it's just me and you, we're just always like the best. Like yeah. we have we're, we do not ever hurt each other's feelings. But when other people are around, it kind of switches our dynamic a little bit. Yeah. And so we we talked about that and we were like, we got to squash that. We were like, we can't let that keep happening. We have to be as loving and, and kind to each other as we would always be. Did we have a conclusion as to why that was happening? can't remember yeah we talked about it a little bit like some of it was the way that we operate just in a group setting like i think it's normal not like you just change your personality but like we have a you and i i think are also unique in that we have a close group of friends that we're both really good friends with Mm -hmm. in different ways yeah and so when we're all together 
there's all those additional friendship dynamics that are at play. Yeah. Like I'm good friends with Evan. You're good friends with Evan. Your friends, Jonathan's like your brother, he, but he's my husband. I'm friends with Greg. So all when we're together, that can, the, all those things are interacting at the same time. Yeah. And we just weren't even aware of it. This is what I'm saying. There's just always the ongoing revelation of like pressing into your friendship and evaluating and doing the work. So we talked about that and we were like, well, let's not let, let's not make sure that that doesn't happen anymore. Hmm. We don't want to be like that. When I feel other like people, we've gotten better. We at have that. because we talked about it and we've been and, more aware of it. And that's another thing I want to say. So we ended up going on like our first Vegas trip together, which was hilarious. And we'll tell the mushroom story <laughs> at a different time. episode, but it's a good <laughs> no, story. Not those kind of Evan's face. Mushroom oh, story. We mushrooms. No, <laughs> I, I wish. May, I may as well she have. She might have, she so, might have actually been hallucinating. The end of the story is, is that I'm allergic to mushrooms and I found out during that Vegas trip. So I went by allergic to mushrooms, meaning I get drop down, fall to the ground drunk. After a sip of alcohol in Las Vegas. So if I have a mushroom and I have a sip of alcohol, I am... And so Nicole is escorting drunk-ass Renee around <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> After three sips of wine. <laughs> yeah. So there was that. And I think our friendship has grown and grown and grown since that, but we have still had conflict yeah and what we do now is if i know like i was a total douche at church i had had no i don't even know that's I just, not fair don't say that so, okay all right i felt like i said something unfairly but i had also misunderstood so something had been said i misunderstood it and reacted because i felt like what and i got defensive mm -hmm. and in my defensiveness i said something that triggered nicole mm-hmm and I thought I had done something wrong, and Nicole actually left mm -hmm. the the gathering. And I said, I think I made her, her mad. And I was like, No, no, you didn't. And I'm like, Oh, I did, I did. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't want to deal with it. I was like, If she's mad, she'll contact me. And I probably should have, but I was like, Let's just sleep on it. But the next day, I actually had to spend eleven hours coding yeah. my quantitative yeah. analysis. <laughs> yeah. Statistics. Not coding. I had to do statistics. I had yeah. to. I, I had to lose my brain. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I just have to focus on that. So, which is rare of me, but I moved to one, which fours do, and I just got into my objective yeah. brain. And Nicole texted me, and she said, "I you, I really hurt what happened last night." And I said, "I'm sorry." Let's. When do you want to talk about it? And we kind of texted a little bit about it, because um, then I said, "Well, I can. I can do it from this and this hour because I had to." Yeah. Do this data. And she's like, well, I don't think I'm going to be ready then, but how about later in the afternoon? And then I had to think about my own kind of, her boundary was she needed to process. But my boundary was, was I going to be able to do my work if I felt this thing hanging over our heads? Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, but I also needed to respect her boundaries. So I just, I texted really quickly and I just, I want to own this and I wanted to say that you know, here was the situation and I just wanted to apologize because I know that that hit you wrong, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you know, I don't even think we need to talk about it now. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah. But I think we still, no, we didn't talk that day because I no, didn't get up. No, we ended up talking about it later organically. That's right. But I honestly, um, what, yeah, when I said that, I mean, I meant that. I wouldn't have said, I don't think I need to talk about it now unless I needed to, yeah. which I think um, is, it's a good thing to know about your friendships too is, even asking like, how do you process? Are you an internal processor or an yeah. external processor? Since I'm an internal processor, I had already been processing the whole thing by the time I texted you and then by the time we texted back. So when you sent the apology, I was like, okay, I'm good. Like yeah. I honestly was able to just be done 
And that's also helpful to know about your friends. Like, yeah. you're an external processor. So I know if you want to talk about something, like, we need to be able to have the time to sit and talk about it. Yeah. And because we've allowed ourselves to go through therapy and to grow up and to engage our Enneagrams, I think if we had had that conflict five years ago, it would not have gone so easily. Oh, 100%. I think no. you and I were able to see more objectively. Yeah. We recognized where each of us was. Yeah. Like, okay, I was, I got triggered. You got triggered. Yeah. Or I, we, I, I don't think what I said was, I could have said it way more kindly. And, um, and I could probably blame the wine that was in my hand. I will. I, I it makes me embarrassed though. So I'm like, that means you need to lay off for me. And uh, but wine I'm not and mushrooms. Yeah, or mushrooms. Yeah. So you know that kind of thing. And so we were able to kind of deal with it. But going back to my original story on the Enneagram with these companies, we actually what we're doing now is we're adding an extra day to trainings. Mm. And I'm so excited. And what we're doing after we do the Enneagram training, which is a revelation to a lot of people, we're actually sending a survey out that asks, what is something you wish your colleagues knew about you that yeah, they don't? So good. What are questions that you want your colleagues to ask mm -hmm, of you mm -hmm. before they engage with mm -hmm. you? So like for a five, it came up that please give me time to process yeah. before you just demand an answer during a meeting. Right. Or so good. you need to give me some time before you demand a Okay, what a is your um, answer to that question? What do I need? What do you wish that people knew about you? I feel like they know everything about me because I have nothing to hide. But um, in terms of like relationship, friendship, what do you wish that people knew about you? Or just directly me, what do you wish that I knew about you more, or understood more? I think that relationships and friendships are probably the most important thing to me. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes they they can mean so much that i can get hurt without even meaning to be hurt yeah i think that's something and i think i do come off as strong and i do come off as energetic and friendly and like oh it's fine but i think the things that do go deepest to me are the friendships because mm -hmm. i think it's always in the back of my mind when is the entire seventh grade group of girls right. going to stand gonna up apart? and tell me that i'm a piece of shit yeah Mm -hmm. And then say they just picked me. Right. When I think that's always going to Yeah. Like come you're back waiting around. for that. And so there's always this part of me mm -hmm. that's kind of like holding my breath. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is still a part of me at almost 45 years old of do they really like me? Yeah. Even though I'm so likable. You're so likable. Also, so. I did get on my knee and knees and you pledge did. my life to oh, you. Oh, shoot. You got to tell that story. Well, I mean, it is a good – there's not a full story, but one time – our church does – um love feast every like Valentine's-ish around that time where we just go around and we affirm and speak blessing and love and life over each other, over each person. Every person speaks over each person, essentially. It takes hours upon hours upon hours. It's life-changing every time. I've We've done it 10 years now. But one year, I don't even think I spoke over you that year. I can't remember exactly what was happening in our friendship, but I know we had a hard, it'd been a hard year for us. Friendship but it wasn't even wise. It wasn't. No, no. It was way earlier. Yeah. And I, at some point, I was like preparing for what I was going to speak over you, and I just felt like the Lord was like, "You just, you actually need to physically show Renee that you love her, like you're committed to her." And I was like, "What? Like, I'm going to get on my knees in front of everyone and pledge?" And the Lord was like, "Yeah." And I had a verse that, but I can't remember yeah, what it I was. And so, in front of everyone, it was not from Song of Solomon. When it was my Song of Solomon. <laughs> Your breasts, 
like Dia's does your boobs. I don't remember any of this, but I did. <laughs> I got on my knees in front of everyone, and I don't even really remember what I said, but I like pledged my life to you. It was very Jonathan and David like yeah. Bible wise. Like that is the closest I could think of it. I and I don't even remember what I said. I just said like I will always be your friend. Like I'm never leaving you. And then afterward, do you remember what you said afterward? You were you were quiet the whole time. You you didn't even like know what to say or anything. You didn't even really respond, which is understandable. The whole thing was super outside of we somebody recorded all of our it. comfort zones. Yeah. And you said, you said I didn't even know how much I needed that. Aww. That's what you said. But yeah. I mean, the Lord knew, and that's why I felt like I was supposed to do it for whatever was happening in that season. I mean, it wasn't just for that season. Obviously, it was, you know. It was a might as well be oh, a thank blood you for oath. doing that. Um, but yeah. See, and I needed that, but then I also needed that conversation that we ended up yeah. having. Yeah. And we need, so thank you for that. And I know, and I'm committed to you too. And I think that that's another thing. So there were friendships that we both like set on fire and we're like, see ya, like you're going to go down that river, you know, like a, I'm, I'm thinking of what happens in India when they cremate, you know, you set the thing on fire and you send it down Pilars, the river. Pilars, what are they called? I don't Not know what they're called. Who knows? I don't know. What am I, Indian or something? So, <laughs> um, but I think that, but there's some friendships that are worth holding on. And you are a friend who is worth to me Thank holding you. on to. And I think it gets closer and closer and better and better. And I'm thankful our daughters are friends. I know. And, um, you know, and I think that's just how it goes. Yeah. And I think, I, I think real maturity and friendship is getting to the place where you can say, um, some friendships are going to go away, whether whether we wanted them to or not. Like you were talking yeah. about people breaking up with us, that whether we wanted that, whether we wanted, to, we would have been willing to fight for those friendships. Yeah. Um, and there are others that are going to carry on, that are going to yeah. change, that are going to shift, that are going to grow in their levels of intimacy over time. I'm just going to share. Wait, 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 wait. But what do you oh, want me to know? My thing. Oh, I already, I know, I already knew my answer. The thing that I wish that people knew, or you, but gen- but everyone, is that um, I'm a lot more sensitive than people think I am. Yeah, that's true. And I think it's really, I think if people just, the people that are I'm closest to, if people just remember that, that alone would just change a lot of the ways that people interact with me because, yeah, fine, sure, I'm tough, whatever. I, I do get tired of hearing that or you're so strong or you're so tough or you're whatever. You're so assertive. I get tired of hearing that, but I also know that I actually – I do think those things are true of me. Sure. And so I, I want to embrace that, but I also know that there's other parts of me that are true that people don't get to see as much that – I am actually a lot more sensitive than people realize. And Jonathan, jokingly, we have this like long running joke that I'm a delicate flower, which if people didn't know me, they'd be like, why would you ever call Nicole a delicate flower? But that's also why it's funny. Like I actually do get bruised and I do get mm-hmm. bumped and I, um, it doesn't mean that I respond in the way that like people would typically think you should or you will respond if you get bumped or bruised, but um, but I do, and I am. And I think that's one thing about eights is they actually have really big, strong feelings and um, because they care a lot about people that are forgotten or mm-hmm. the underdog or people that are left behind or the oppressed or the voiceless that um, you have to have a sensitive heart yeah. to be able to care about those things too. 
Um, so I think that's just something that gets forgotten about me. Yeah. So that's what I would, that's what I would answer. You shared something with me at dinner the other night. Oh, we went to dinner. We had the best Brussels sprouts on the planet and this <laughs> Pinot Noir Rosé. We, and then we got to see the color oh, purple. Oh yeah, it was so And I actually good. found it at Total Wine and it was buy one, get one for a penny. It was so, it was so really got, good. I got it. Anyway, but you said something about how when communicating our needs and communicating communication, you, uh, if, if Nicole does not receive processing time and somebody demands her reaction, it, you use the words, okay, it's gloves off then. Yeah. And that, like knowing thyself, Ted Lasso, it's mm-hmm. not from Ted Lasso, it's yeah. from Plato or Socrates. <laughs> knowing or, thyself is way back. Oh, yeah. That's it's like way back. Yeah. But Ted Lasso used it <laughs> yeah. most recently. And because that's who I referenced. Uh-huh. Um, I already finished my dissertation. I have nothing more to prove to anybody. But yeah, but knowing thyself, understanding that, yeah. that, um, you know, for me, I have to get, I have to always say, I'm feeling this very strong emotion. Is it telling me the truth? Mm, that's so good. I have to do that every time. Mm-hmm. And you have to know, okay, I need to take a beat. Otherwise, yeah. I'm going to beat up somebody. Right. No. 100%. I, those are all such good things. Like, yeah, knowing yourself and what you need is one of the best ways you can be a better friend to people. And sometimes that is like when you ask me, what do you need? Like, I really had to think about that. What do I actually need? What do I want to bring? Do you know to- now what it is? I don't know. I mean, didn't I answer it? I don't at remember. Some point? That was 2019. I know I did answer it at some point. But I, I don't, I, I don't know. We could talk about it off. Well, I think we both realized we needed to microphone. take a trip together, and we did. We took yeah, a trip together. We needed a trip together. We that haven't was one been thing able to do it since, and we probably of... need another trip together. Oh yeah, we did something since. But okay, here's know. our green flags in relationship. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go. And then we'll probably, and then we'll be done. Okay, okay. people honoring their word. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. important. Big. Being able to have a healthy disagreement which is something that you and I have come so far in being able to do. Big time. We I think to, we're pros now. Like I think we could go on the I know. Road. I'm really proud of us. I mean, from where we came from 10 years ago where we would like give each other a silent treatment or like not talk, but to now like – That was we how we both directly operated. go to each other when mm-hmm. something's happening and yeah. we give each other the space and time and we process it together. It's beautiful. Feeling heard. That's so important. Being able to process issues with each other as they come up, yeah, which is also something we weren't as good at. We no. would hold stuff big time, um, and that sometimes also is safety. So yeah, not knowing for how sure. to do it and feeling afraid and just and immaturity. Also, if your if your pattern has been toxic relationships, rather romantic relationships or family relationships or friendships, um, green flags. Or practicing these things will feel very foreign. Yes, and and or you get you get um, a high off of drama, yes. right? And you fight for that drama in those relationships, and you don't know how to break out of that cycle. Yes, break out of that cycle. Get in therapy. And I will say, I have used green flags on toxic people. Yeah. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It, it, it comes back at me. Right. I it's, get gassed. Yeah, it's no good. So you need to be very careful. Don't about be addicted it. to the drama. Yeah. Okay, feeling free to be your authentic self, which is I, I had mentioned earlier. I think for me that's one of the most important. If I don't feel like I can be who I actually am, whatever that is, in all the ways that it presents itself, because we all know we're all dynamically changing people and have a lot more than one side to ourselves. Um, discussing your feelings openly without fear or... Fear of judgment or consequence. Mm. That's big. Ugh. What did you, one more time read it again? Discussing your feelings openly without fear of judgment or consequence. 
Yeah. I can tell you that I feel very ashamed about being a four and I try to hide that from people. Yeah. And it's it's very rare that people get to see my four freak flag. And I feel like the times where I feel the most mm-hmm. shame mm-hmm. is when I've let people see my truest self. Yeah, that is. I know you do feel like that. Which yeah. also I think for a lot of us on the other side, we actually feel like it's a gift when we get to see your full fourness. Mm-hmm. Like it is actually the one of the most beautiful things which is why it's so shitty because the lie that you hear is that you need to hide that part. It's too much or it's too, it's too this, much, or right, it's, right. Yeah, whatever. Whereas like I'm like, oh, if, if I could do what Renee does, you know. I mean, I don't love being an eight either. Okay, clear expectations. I love being – I think it's great and I, I prefer to be an eight. <laughs> clear expectations, so huge. Yes. This is actually a DEI practice, clear, clear expectations. expectations. And then last one is willingness to be open to a different perspective which I think that requires humility. Like, what does that mean to you? Meaning you're not going to think like me yeah. about everything. You're not going to agree with me about everything. You're not going to do things like I would do everything. You're not going to take my advice every time. You're not going to – whatever those things are. You're, mm-hmm. you're your own person. And if I want a carbon copy in a friend, then I have to look elsewhere. And my first thought when I thought of that was you might – we might have experienced the same thing together – Mm. And you may have seen it from a different way. Like that was yeah. hurtful. And I'm like, how was that possible? Oh, yeah, hurtful? that's so interesting. That's it. Yeah. But uh-huh. I have to honor the fact that you were hurt. And it's, yeah. the, you know, the whole conversation of intent and impact. Right, right. If right. I did that to you. Right. Or my intent was not to hurt but you. But you apologize but anyway because the impact was was that right. I hurt you. And not, I'm sorry that you felt hurt. Uh huh. It's garbage. I'm sorry that I hurt, hurt you. you. That's this right. Bullshit. Which is I'm what do we literally teach our children? Yeah. So yeah. we should be able to do that as adults. Yeah. In our None of this. I'm sorry that you felt this way or I'm sorry that – no, I'm sorry that what I did mm-hmm. created harm in That's you. That's exactly right. That is a – that the first one is not even an apology. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's garbage. Not. I'm so sorry that you're such a sensitive little baby. <laughs> you little bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry, you little bitch. <laughs> We our last episode of episodes, no cussing. This episode we made up. Yeah, for it. no cussing. And we did cuss a lot. How did we get through? Because we talked color, about whiteness colorism and colorism. And whiteness and without cussing. Like, yeah, we were very serious our last And this is more episodes. like we're talking about friendships. It gets the more emotional something is, the more I cuss. Yeah, that's true. And then if it's kind of in that space that works we were space. a little bit more like a uh, cerebral intellectual you had to be whiteness episode. and color i know listen i don't know i'm, I'm sorry that's I what i wanted to re- talk definition. about <laughs> may as well put me on zoom <laughs> okay we did it Woo! listen i love it all and like um, i love you nicole i'm so thankful for our friendship this is our okay listen July July 2022 is our 10 year anniversary. Is it? So we better do something We big. met in a, Oh yeah, we met in July. And then your daughter will be 16, my daughter, my oldest is going to be 13. Oh, we already know what we're doing. We better be doing it. We're going to Paris. We better. We were supposed to. We're taking we our better. beautiful baby girls to Paris for their mm-hmm. birthday slash my late oh, 40th slash. I told slash myself no more Europe. I'm so Eurocentric. Um, whatever. I'm going to Colombia for the summer. You can come there. We are going to visit but, you there too. But listen, we got to All right. Please hire culturallyintelligent.com. Please hire <laughs> us so I can get some extra money so I can please go all the Please pay the, the bills places. so Renee can go to all the places. <laughs> That would be wonderful. Our rates are very reasonable, <laughs> and you will just love us. You and will I only, just love us. And it's only an extra five hundred dollars uh, per f bomb you want me to drop oh during gosh. a meeting. I, I don't drop f bombs in meetings. It's so good. 
Brene Brown does, though. She drops she swears. I'm not surprised. I mean, and that's what makes me like her even more. Once you're mentored by Renee Ren- and Oprah, you could drop some once they finish mentoring you, remember? I said shit today on a call. Here you go. You're fine. Also, you totally get away with it. You're mm-hmm. much too charming for people to be pissed about that ever. It's true. This is what I said. I said, I went, shit. And I went, oh, gosh, I'm sorry. I said, shit. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> if I did that, they'd be like, nope. Renee's, no, it's beautiful. Yeah, I, I love it. All right, I love you, and I love our friendship, and I'm really glad we got to talk about this conversation. And I don't know why it took us so long, but – I think it was great to talk it about. Was. And it was also a real long-ass episode. It was a long-ass episode. That's okay. Good. That's we what we like. We don't have to come back together for another month. <laughs> Woo! We're on vacation now. See ya. All right. Peace. In the Middle East and Ukraine. We're still praying for Ukraine. Yes. And with Will Smith and Chris Rock. And praying for them. By the, we'll see. That just happened. But I know. We'll see when and this episode's airs. I always like to put in a little bit of contemporary culture in these episodes just to mark just, our time. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, that happened. One, The one time in all of our friendship, Nicole missed the Oscars. I know. I was live texting her, but dang, I was like, listen. I just sat this one out, and I was like, I missed the wrong Oscars. The wrong Oscars. Or the right one. Yeah. However you Evan look at it, there's a way. There's a way. Evan, Evan was like, that was not real. And I was like, I don't know if that was real. We, it took us three hours to determine what happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway. So peace to y'all. Thanks for listening. Amen. Bye. Amen. Choose your friends wisely. Good company corrupts bad character. No, what is that Bible verse? Bad it. company corrects. Is that in the Bible? Yes. I, bad company corrupts. Oh, listen. That's like. I'm looking God it up right now. Bad company. God loves those who work. What is that? No, fallacy? I'm telling you. It is in there. I think bad company it. ruins good morals. There's another translation of bad company corrupts good okay. character. What scripture is that? It is in the Bible. It is 1 Corinthians 15.33. Good. Good. Okay. Or 1 Corinthians if you were our former or president. Or 1 Corinthians. <laughs> oh, bless his heart. There are people who still think he's actually the president. Uh, or people who still think he's a Christian. <laughs> uh, that's it. Are we still recording? Oh, nice. You were saying that last bit. Like that's so we're now we're done. Last bit was good. Here we're done now. So, here's what we would love for you to do. Rate, review, subscribe, and tell us how much you love us because we are just so lovable. <laughs> so lovable. But it actually does make a difference and it does help people find this podcast. If you like this podcast and you care about not only but also you know, if you drop a little line there on Apple Podcasts and give us a little review, it actually means something. It does. And on Facebook, on Instagram, and on any of these kinds of things. Listen, if we in any way have helped you see the both and better, let other people know so they too can see more clearly. We are Noba Podcast everywhere. Thank you.